Welcome to the Onyx Gems Podcast, a podcast dedicated to honest reviews, insight, and opinions on things topical to the black community. Thanks for stopping by. If this is your first time here, welcome. If you're a returning subscriber, thanks for your continued support. Whether you're new or coming back, subscribe and share with your friends. I hope you get something out of today's episode. All right, so guys, today we'll be talking about credit. Yes, that is right, credit. Um, This is something uh, additionally uh, that really uh, plagues the black community. Um, This is something that, of course, is uh, near and dear to my heart as I've done extensive research and studies and um, actually tried out a couple of things. So a lot of these things um, that I'll be suggesting to you and sharing with you guys today are things that um, I've dealt with personally and or uh, done research on personally. Um, So the first thing is, the first question um, we're going to ask is, what is credit? Um, basically, uh, credit is uh, someone giving you access to a resource um, without you having the cash to pay for that resource, quite essentially. Um, there are many forms of credit. Um, most of what we know is credit cards. Um, Credit cards is basically someone lending you um, a line of credit or uh, a line to access um, digital cash um, to buy goods and or services at various merchants. They extend credit terms to you uh, based on uh, your credit profile. Um, For instance, uh, let's say Capital One Bank um, extends you a $500 credit card. Um, Well, with that credit card, you can swipe up to $500 for whatever you need uh, that you may not have the cash capital to cover right now. Um, And, of course, um, as you swipe, um, you encounter a due date or... Um, a date that the money that you've spent on credit becomes due. Um, There are a couple of different ways that we can assess credit. Um, There's revolving credit. Um, There is charge cards. Um, There is student loans, personal loans, car loans, um, of course, store cards. All of these are examples of things that uh, you would need credit for. Uh, basically, someone extending terms to you in good faith that at a certain due date or on a certain due date, you're going to make good on a promise uh, that you gave this particular um, lender. Um, the lender says, I'm going to give you X amount of dollars um, in exchange for your word that on this particular due date, you're going to pay me back. Um, so basically, that's what credit is in a nutshell. Um, next question is, how do I get credit? And that's a, an excellent question. And, and there are a couple of responses. Um, well, we're going to go with the most simple um, reply to that question that we possibly can. Um, let's say you're 
18 years old. Of course, you have to be 18 years old or older to actually have a credit profile. You can't have a credit profile when you're younger than that. Um, or you can't legally have a credit profile at younger than 18. Um, so the age of 18 is when your credit profile is basically started. Um, you go to a lender and say, you know, hey, I want access to credit terms for whatever product it may be. Um, it may be for a vehicle. It may be for a student loan. It may be for a credit card. It may be for an uh, an apartment. Uh, it could be a, a couple of different things. Um, but what you do, you go to that lender and you fill out what's called a credit application um, where you put in some personal information, such as your name, uh, your date of birth, your social security number, um, uh, your wage, um, if you're working, um, employment status, of course. Uh, you put those things in. Um, and you send that application off to that particular lender. And that lender tells you, based on your credit profile, whether you're approved or whether you're denied or whether you're approved with certain conditions, whether they're requiring you to, to come up with a deposit. Um, let's say for demonstrative purposes only, um, you're 18, you have no credit, you go apply for a credit card with Capital One. Um, I say Capital One because this is one of the common lenders that a lot of people go to when they have uh, limited to no credit. You go to Capital One, you fill out an application, you have no credit profile. Capital One says, hey, we'll extend credit to you under one condition. You have to put down a deposit, a conditional deposit, um, $500 deposit, $250 deposit. Let's just say it's a $500 deposit for them to be able to extend credit to you. Well, uh, most people would say, well, why would I send $500 to someone just so I can get credit? Um, this is very essential um, in starting off the credit journey. Um, they want to see um, that you can manage your own money before they'll allow you to manage theirs. Basically, that's what they're saying. They're saying we don't have enough data or enough information on you to just issue you a credit limit. So what we want to do is we want you to send us your money and we want to see how you manage your money over the course of six months or 12 months. After that particular point of time, then what we'll do is we'll refund you the money that you send to initially fund your credit account and we'll give you the same terms um, of that particular credit account except instead of you now managing your own money now you'll be managing the money that we've allotted to you so um, that's one of the uh, few ways to get credit um, most People start off credit with credit cards. Um, some start off with um, maybe an installment loan, which could be a personal loan. Um, it could be a car note. Um, you go to the car dealership, same way, fill out a car application. If you have little to no credit, nine times out of ten, you will need a co-signer, which would be a, a parent or a loved one or a friend, you know, who already has good established credit that would basically co-sign for you because they have established credit. You pay your bills on time and then your credit raises based on um, your payment activity, um, all of that good stuff. Um, 
that is basically how you get credit. You fill out a credit application um, and they tell you, hey, we can give you credit or no, we can't. It's really that black and white. Um, next question is once you get that credit, once you get approved for that credit card, once you get approved for that student loan or once you get approved for that apartment or you get approved for that um, credit card or whatever the case may be, a personal loan, um, after that, how is my payment scored or how is my credit scored um, as I you know, go from month to month and I pay my bills and I do everything that I'm supposed to do? How am I scored then? Um, your credit score is based on basically five different metrics. Um, and we'll start from the highest metric to the lowest metrics. Um, the biggest, biggest factor on how your credit is scored um, or ranked is your payment history. Your payment history makes up out of 100% it makes up 35% of how your credit is scored. Your payment history is the biggest factor in how your credit is scored. It makes up 35%. That means I'm paying my bills on or before the due date. Or if your creditor gives you a grace period, you're at least, you know, um, not getting 30 days, 60 days, 90 days beyond due. Um I'm not telling you guys to miss your due date, but you do have up to 30 days after your due date to actually make a payment before it will post as a as a late payment on your credit. Um, next um, is your usage rate or how much of, uh, uh, of your credit are you actually using? That makes up 30% of your credit score. How much of your credit are you using? If you have a $500 credit card and you're swiping $500 or your usage rate is at 100%, um, the suggested usage rate is 10% and below. I know the commonality out there is, you know, well, keep it below 30%. Uh, what I've seen in my studies and my research, 10% and below really gets you the maximum points on your credit. Yeah, 30% and below if that's that's where you need to be. But in my personal research and studies of my own personal credit report and even the credit reports of the people who I've helped to rebuild and repair their credit, 10% and below has shown to be um, the most viable number um, to get that credit uh, report or credit score uh, to the maximum level. All right. Next is the length of your credit history. That accounts for 15% of your credit score. So basically, the longer that you had credit and that you've managed credit responsibly, um, the better your credit gets. That only accounts for 15%, um, which when a lot of people establish their credit profiles, um, a lot of reasons that denials may come for particular credit products um, will be the length of history. Let's say, for instance, you're 18 and you want to go buy a car um, and you don't have any credit. Well, they can 
basically deny you because you have zero credit. That the technical denial will be, you know, the length of your credit history is is not strong enough, or you don't have a an established credit file. It could be one or the other. Um, but once again, that accounts for fifteen percent of your credit. Um, next is new credit. That accounts for ten percent of what your credit score is rated. Um, new credit means um, how many new accounts are you adding to your profile um, in a yearly, two-year, three-year, four-year, five-year basis. Um, if you're just applying for credit, getting approved for new credit, of course, the more that you have, the more credit that you apply for, the more it affects you negatively in the short run. Um, if I apply for five credit cards today with five different lenders and I get approved for all five, my credit score is going to tank. It really is. It's going to go down pretty significantly. But as time goes by, the effect of me actually getting approved for those credit cards, it negates itself. Um, but that only happens over time. It only happens over time. So every time you apply for new credit, if it's a lot of credit that you're applying for, um, it does lower your score. That's why whenever you go to a dealership and you apply for a car or you go apply for a mortgage loan and multiple lenders pull your credit, um, that's why your credit score can go down um, is because you're requesting credit from multiple lenders. You know, a lot of times you go to the car dealership, you fill out an application there and they can run your application to anywhere between eight and 15 different banks or different credit vendors. And you'll see your credit score go down, you know, anywhere from five to 10 points per lender just based on your credit profile. That is huge. That is very huge. Um, even though it only makes up for 10 percent of your um of your credit um, score, how your credit is scored, you know, just the quantity or the sole quantity of how many creditors are accessing your credit report or how often you're get a, getting approved for credit, um, it actually does matter. So you want to pay attention to that too. And lastly, um, the last 10% of that does account for your credit mix or basically how many different credit products you manage at one time. For instance, if I have only credit cards on my credit report, well, I'm not showing a good mix because all I have is credit cards. If I have a credit card, if I have a mortgage, if I have student loans, if I have a store card, if I have um, personal loans, Whatever the case may be, I have an array or a mixture of different credit products. And if I'm handling all of those responsibly, making my payments on time, my credit score will be um, strengthened so much more because I'm showing to not only my current creditors, but to future potential creditors that I can manage multiple credit products at one time. So once again, 35% of your credit score is your payment history. 30% of your credit score is your usage rate. 
15% of your credit score is the length of your credit history. 10% is new credit. And the last final 10% is your credit mix. Okay. Guys, what's my preferred uh, source? Uh, only because this gives me the most accurate representation of what my credit score really is. It may be a few points off, but generally in my studies and in my research and just in my experience, it's, you know, maybe a couple of points up or a couple of points down from where this particular site says it is. Um, most people will check their credit score with Credit Karma, Credit Sesame, or Nerd Wallet, um, any of these free websites, these these websites that you know say, hey, come get your come get your score for free. Um, all you have to do is sign up. It's all good. We're gonna give it to you for free. Reason that these sites exist is because the federal government actually requires you to be able to access your credit report for free. It's a requirement. It's it's a law. It's a mandate. Um, so these websites basically bank off the information that the creditors, the credit bureaus being Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion are required to provide for you. So they're basically accessing your information and they're giving you a score based on that information. Um, the reason why I do suggest against these websites is because they are highly inaccurate. Um, say, for instance, um, your uh, Credit Karma uh, score may be a 675 and you go to car dealership or you go online and apply for um, uh, American Express card or um, a Capital One card or Bank of America card and they come back and they tell you hey your credit score is 602 and Credit Karma is saying well your score is 675 you know um, the difference between what your creditors see and what Credit Karma is allowing you to see is two completely different scoring models. And this is why I suggest against a lot of these free models. Credit Karma, Credit Sesame, Nerd Wallet, um, even some of these paid services like um, Identity IQ, um, uh, Identity Guard, or Credit Guard, um, they all rank um, on the bottom of the totem pole because they give you what's known as the Vantage Score or the Vantage 3.0. That's what it's technically known as. This score is not used by lenders. This is what they give you for free, your Vantage 3.0. No lender that you will go to will ever use your Vantage 3.0. This is why your score at when you go have your credit ran at the dealership was 602, but Credit Karma is saying that it's 675 because it's two completely different scoring models. Um, now, the makeup is still the same. 35% payment history, 30% of usage, 15% length of history, 10% new credit, 10% credit mix. It, it's all made up of the same thing, but the, the, way, the weight of those items are different like the metrics are different 
um, those different data points, they're, they're just different between those two particular um, those particular models and what your creditor or what that dealership may have pulled is called your FICO score. That is the score that every single lender, basically on the face of this planet, is using to judge you. And this is why I suggest against those free sites, because they don't provide you with a FICO score. Now, there are two websites um, that I know and that I recommend um, for you guys to go and check out your credit report. Um, that will give you a pretty accurate representation of what your credit is. The first one um, that I would highly recommend is MyFICO. MyFICO is one of the only websites out there um, that will give you your FICO score. Not only will it give you your FICO score, it'll give you your mortgage score, it'll give you your auto lending score, um, it'll give you a couple of different, allow you to run some scenarios based on, you know, um, payment, like if you miss a payment or if you add new credit or if you want to apply for a mortgage or whatever the case may be, it'll, it'll, it'll give you all of that. Um, now, the cost of that is pretty much what turns people off because it's $39.99 a month. Um, so a lot of people really don't want to commit to paying $40 a month to access their FICO score. It's a lot easier to just, just to have Credit Karma tell you that your credit score is higher than what it really is. Um, another one out there um, that I see uh, that is also pretty good is Experian. Experian will also provide you with your FICO scores. Now, Experian, I believe, is about $25 to $30 a month. Experian will give you your FICO score, and they'll update their FICO scores um, as often as you log in um, or as often as there is a change to your credit. But you can only access the FICO scores from TransUnion and Equifax up to once a month. That's all. Um, so those are the ones that I would recommend. Um, now, I know there are some subscribers or some listeners out there um, who already knew all of this information, who already um, have credit um, and or have damaged credit. Um, not any judgment you know, going on. Things happen. Um, a lot of people did not understand credit. Um, they were just kind of pushed out into the world and was like, figure it out. Um, and so you went out there, you know, you got, got the student loans, you know, you got the cars and, you know, made a lot of late payments on it. You got the credit cards and defaulted on them. And now your credit is in a fragile state and, you know, you're kind of, um, trying to work your way out of it, um, and you really don't know which way to go, um, there is hope for you. You know, um, creditors do understand, and even potential creditors do understand, you know, that things do happen, whether it was a job loss or it was just irresponsibility. You know, um, they do understand that, you know, both scenarios are actually there, and there are a lot of creditors that will still extend credit to you with damaged credit. Um, you just have to know where to look. That's the beautiful thing. You have to know where to look. They do exist. Um, but what I wanted to talk about next was rebuilding or repairing your credit. Um, now, if you're looking for a way to just delete all the negative information, 
that you know belongs to you, technically that's illegal. It is illegal. I would advise against that. Um, if you um, went and got a JCPenney card and you charged it up $1,000 and you have the merchandise and you didn't pay for it, you didn't pay that credit card, you still owe $1,000 because you still have that merchandise. It's not something that you can return. You know, you've worn all those heels and, and used all those purses and stained up all those dresses and jeans and, and shirts and whatever the case may be. Um, you still owe that money. Um, let's not, you know, get beside ourselves and, and say that you don't. Um, what I am saying is there are ways to rectify that. Um, we want to um, tell those creditors, you know, that initially extended us credit, you know, basically, hey, you know, that I, there was a, a, a poor judgment, you know, or uh, I made some mistakes along the way. But I want to rectify those mistakes. Basically, that's what we're saying. We're saying that to them and we're saying that to future lenders. You know, so what we want to do is we want to reach out to those creditors and say, hey, you know, how can we rectify this situation? How can how can we both get back on good terms? You know, even if it means you no longer offer credit to me, I don't want this to look negatively on my credit report to future lenders that would be willing to to, you know, lend credit to me. Um, so we will give them a call. We'll work out a, a situation. We'll work out an agreement. You know, hey, I'll pay you guys, you know, this $1,000, you know, that I owe you, you know, but can we make rectifications, you know, to where you delete this negative, you know, history from my credits report, you know, um, you don't even have to show the positive. If you would just delete this entire account from my credit report, in exchange for the money that I owe you, that would be beautiful. And a lot of lenders will, will oblige, you know, because they, they really want to get their money. I mean, it's the merchandise that they sold. It's how they remain profitable. It's how they make money. Um, so they want their money. Um, we, we First of all, we want to handle those. You know, a lot of those accounts have gone to collections. Um, we want to reach out to those collection agencies as well and say, hey, um, I do realize that uh, you guys are reporting on my credit, you know, uh, for this account or that account. I would like for this account to be referred back to the original uh, lien holder, if you would, or the original creditor, you know, and I will deal with their crediting depart creditor crediting department directly, um, as it is often very much easier to deal with the original creditor as they are way more lenient in, in working out an agreement as far as deletion of that negative information off your credit report. Um, now, there are a lot of creditors or collection agencies that won't want to do that um, because what happens is when you default on your debt, um, those creditors sell your account to a collection agency, and a collection agency's job is basically in the title. They're, they're collectors. They're debt collectors. Um, so let's use the same scenario. You owe JCPenney $1,000. Well, ABC Collection Company may come along and they may buy that debt from JCPenney for $50.
And guess what that collection company is going to do? They're going to tell you, now you owe us $1,000 on behalf of JCPenney. Now, JCPenney has already written that debt off once they sold it to the collection agency. So that $1,000 that you owed JCPenney, you still owe them. But in good measure or in good business practice, what JCPenney did was write that off as a loss in their books. Doesn't mean that you no longer owe them. You still owe them. <laughs> um so the collection company buys that $1,000 debt for $50 and they try to collect $1,000 from you. Now, what happens on the back end is between JCPenney and the collection agency. But on the front end, that collection agency made $950 off of the debt that you owe to JCPenney. Now, if you choose to pay the collection agency, now... It's going to show on your credit report as, I paid this, this debt. And the further you get away from it, the, the less effect it has on you. But now you have a collection report on your credit, and then you have a charge-off on your credit from JCPenney. Those are two negative accounts that are, that are on your report. So what you want to do is, like I said, contact that collection agency, have them send it back over to the original creditor, and have that collection agency stop reporting to your credit. Um, that way, if you choose to pay JCPenney, you only have one negative account reporting. And if you can come up with an agreement with JCPenney, then you know you can pay them and they can delete whatever negative reporting from your credit report. Works out that way. Um, I've encountered a lot of people that have repossessions, those can't come off your credit report, too. I've encountered a couple of people who are in bankruptcy. Um, a lot of times that's the waiting game, but sometimes, you know, bankruptcies can be removed as well. Um, but the premise is you want to contact a credit consultant, a credit professional. Um, you want to contact someone that is more knowledgeable about credit than you are. And the Internet is a wealth of resources as well. Um, I'm not telling you to go pay a, a credit repair company $100 a month to do something that you can do yourself. Because I can almost promise you anything a credit repair company is going to do, you have the capability of doing yourself. There are plenty articles, there are pr plenty videos out there on Google and YouTube that will tell you exactly what, what you need to do. Based on what your situation is, all you have to do is take some time and, and do a little reading or do a little research, okay? Now, um, whether you're just starting off your credit profile or whether you're rebuilding, at some point in time, you're going to get to a point to where your credit is banging. You can probably get approved for anything that you want to. Um, you know, and you're feeling good about yourself, you got a good job, you got good credit, you, everything is working for yourself. Now, how do I use that credit? Well, we'll get into some of that in future episodes. But what I really wanted to get to uh, at the tail end of this episode is I have a credit lenders list. Now, this credit list will be ab abbreviated, but I have a secret credit lenders list. 
this credit lenders list will tell you exactly what your creditors are looking for when approving you for credit. It'll tell you exactly what your credit score needs to be. It'll tell you what kind of accounts you need on your on your credit reporting profile. And I have that list. And I'm going to make that list available for you for free. Now, like I said, it's going to be an abbreviated list. I have a list of a thousand plus lenders. Exactly what they're looking for and what you need to do to get approved with these lenders. And for free, I'll provide you with about 20 to 30 of those. Um, and all you have to do is follow us on social media. It'll be Instagram.com forward slash Onyx Gems. That's O-N-Y-X Gems. G-E-M-S. It'll be the same thing on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Onyx Gems. O-N-Y-X-G-E-M-S. All right, guys. So that wraps up today's episode. I hope that this was able to help you and that you learned something today. If it did, do me a favor. Go ahead and like, subscribe, and of course, share with your friends. Someone other than you needs to hear this. Stay tuned for our next episode here on Onyx Gems. Last episode was on financial independence. Today's episode was on credit. Thank you guys for stopping by, and I hope you have a beautiful day.